Uh, I gotta thank an introduction to Caustic Soda. Let's have a locker combination. I'm Torn Atkinson. Sleep deprivation causes free hallucinations? Sign me up! I'm Kevin Leeson. I could kill for a good night's sleep. I'm Dr. Rob Tarswell. Bringing you night terror fuel since 2010. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Sleep disorders. Ooh, parasomnias? Hypersomnias? Supersomnias? Hey, it's Dr. Rob again. Quasi-somnias? A sleep disorder or somnipathy, or would that be somnopathy? It would be somnipathy, right? Somnipathy. Thank you. Uh, It's a medical disorder of the sleep patterns of a person or animal. Some sleep disorders are serious enough to interfere with normal physical, mental, and emotional functioning. Polysomnography is a test commonly ordered for some sleep disorders. What uh, what would polysomnography be? They wire you up to an EEG, mm-hmm. which measures brain waves. Electroencephalogram? Here. Electroencephalogram, oh, exactly correct. Look at the big brain on torn. A video monitor watches you sleep. There's a clip on your finger to measure your blood oxygen level and other clips that measure your the rise and fall of your chest for respiration. Oh, okay. And cool. they record you for an entire night. The word right. origin of sleep is from Old English slepan, which means to sleep, which is from pre-Indo-European root sleb, which is to be weak or sleep. Probably mm. one of the first words that we've... After, after, after kill and rape. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and run. T- and mine. Flee. Yeah. <laughs> Flee! Kill! Dirt. I bet sleep. you dirt. Dirt was early on. I have two words for the phobia of sleep, which oh. should be both hypnophobia or somnophobia. Okay. And somnophobia itself is a sleep disorder. Somni coming from the Latin somnus, yes, and hypno coming from the Greek hypnos. Oh, so exactly. somnophobia is a sleep disorder because you're afraid of going to sleep, right? So, so you, you don't so you sleep. Can't sleep. Yeah, and clinophobia, C L I N O, is the fear of going to bed. I think it would be like you almost universally suffered among six-year-old children <laughs> and me. Get to bed. No, actually, can't not sleep. Me. I have the clinal eat me. Can't sleep. Clinal eat me. That's clinophobia. fear oh, wow. of going to bed with a clown. So I have a list of uh, some of the most common sleep disorders. We're going to touch on some of them. I just want to go over the list right now to show sure. how many different ones there are. Some of these we're not going to mention. Some of these we might, and we'll get edited out. Uh, so we have primary insomnia, which is chronic difficulty in sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people have this and can have it occur during their life, and then it can go away. I actually had a friend of mine who has a, uh, a lot of insomnia issues, and he told me, I just stretched like six months. It was weird that I had trouble going to sleep, and I was kind of talking to him about it because mm-hmm. he'd been dealing with it for years. And he said the number one thing is, is he turned his clock so he couldn't see it from his bed. He couldn't see the time. He said, as soon as I looked at the time, then I would like start working overtime. Oh, I need to get to sleep now. And then it would never happen. Pretty much as soon as he told me that, I didn't have any more troubles anymore. Bruxism or Bruxism, B-R-U-X-I-S-M, is uh, tooth grinding. Do you think anybody can actually grind their teeth so much that they like grind them to a nub? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty caustic. (laughs) Yes. Uh, sleep paralysis, which would be, of course, paralysis associated with sleep, and it can occur in healthy persons or may be associated with narcolepsy, cataplexy, and hypnagogic hallucinations. What's cataplexy? Is that when you get a very flexible cat? <laughs> <laughs> cataplexy is uh, a sudden loss of muscle tone. So you just kind of, uh, you get an emotional response and your muscles just turn to jelly. Turn to jelly. Yeah, you get super weak. Oh. You can get a barely perceptible slackening of the facial muscles to the dropping of the jaw or head 
overhead, weakness at the knees, or even just a total collapse. Like you just go, and you just like ragdoll. And yeah, ragdoll, go down. That's really weird. Cataplexy sounds like a World Wildlife Federation of Justice villain. <laughs> I was totally going to say it was uh, you make gymnastic pommel horses out of cats. <laughs> or it's cataplexy is the cataplex. It's the the great Orpheum that everybody goes to to discuss oh, yeah. and worship cats. Ooh, Quickly or, to the cataplex. Yeah, it's the giant facility where all the cats hang out and talk about humans. <laughs> there you go. Soon <laughs> our master plan will be ready to meow. <laughs> ready to meow. <laughs> Narcolepsy is excessive daytime sleepiness, often culminating in falling asleep spontaneously. Uh, Uh I actually knew a guy when I was taking theater in college who had this. He was an older uh, member of the local community who would perform in some of the Shakespeare plays and some Mm -hmm. of the older parts, uh, older characters. And uh, he had it so bad that when we did Taming of the Shrew, we had to have one of the actresses kind of follow him around as a saloon girl. To nudge him awake whenever it was time for his lines. He'd be very often sitting on the set. Wouldn't he be disoriented when he woke up, though? Or like, uh, yeah, barbers with the double time. She would whisper the line that he had to oh, do I to see. him. Like it was, we had a whole system down. It was really cute. And the reason he got these parts despite having narcolepsy was he was a, he owned several large businesses and donated a lot of money oh, I see. to the theater department. So you can't really say no. I, I, a a literal patronage appointment. A successful businessman yeah. with narcolepsy. Yeah. It's and possible. I I do remember from that that he would take uh, nicotine gum because the nicotine apparently is a way to stave off the narcoleptic uh, nodding off. We use uh, stimulants, the same things we use with ADHD kids. So okay, well, Ritalin, Dexedrine. Narcolepsy, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I knew, uh, when I was in the Air Force, I knew a narcoleptic flight engineer. He actually <laughs> fell asleep with his hands on the throttles while we were in the takeoff roll. <laughs> Oh, boy. That was his last flight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that seems dangerous. And nearly ours. That seems like, uh, so what you, did you just like put your hand on his hand and like pull the throttle back or like? Well, luckily when during the takeoff roll, the flight engineer and the pilot have their hands on the throttles in case of something like that. Oh, so the okay. pilot just carried on. Oh, right. so it's one of those you both got your own throttle, but they're linked together. There's, linked one, together. there's only one set of throttles, and uh, oh. but you have the engineer sitting behind them pushing and then the pilot pushing on the top and they're pushing simultaneously okay. in case of a problem. Because oh. you so, really really need that to work so as long as he's not also having like night terrors at the same time and <laughs> grabs he, the throttle jerks just, him back he yeah. just pushes it forward and then locks his arm fiercely <laughs> forward and he happens to be twice the size of the pilot that would be unfortunate that would be very bad uh, uh, which leads us to night terrors which would be an abrupt awakening from sleep with behavior consistent with terror so do they just wake up screaming or is it different do they like, not always screaming, can you just no. shake up you just like huh, and yeah. like that can that's still considered a night terror no, typically you wake up in heavy sweat, heart pounding, and an intense feeling of fear. So it's like but a no idea attack. why. It's a panic attack. It's, it's like a panic attack, but panic attacks during sleep are different. I have a, oh. an anecdote from one of our listeners, actually, about her night terrors. Oh, okay. okay. It's from Corey Sue. She says she suffers from night terrors vividly. She describes having a wonderful floating or sinking feeling of slipping into a pleasant dream, only to be jolted awake with a loud internal noise, such as a scream, animal howls, growls. The occasional sensation of an intense animal-like bite. Sometimes it's included a brief flash of an image or some scary creature or animal in my head. Mm. Wow, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Uh, what what causes night terrors? Do we have any idea, Dr. Rob? Oh, of course not, no. Uh, <laughs> and interestingly enough, that would be an unusual manifestation because normally night terrors come from stage three or four sleep when there is no dreaming. Oh, okay. Right. So it's interesting mm. that she has images and memories. Well, maybe it's more like the exploding head syndrome, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, that sounds promising. That's pretty blunt foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then there are parasomnias. Let me guess what that is. Okay. 
parasomnia is when you're asleep and you jump out of a plane. Yeah, uh, you probably could because it's a disruptive sleep-related event involving inappropriate actions during sleep. So if you did that during <laughs> sleep, if you were sleeping on a plane and then got up and sleepwalked and jumped out, that would absolutely be a parasomnia. Woohoo! And you would probably want a parachute. <laughs> and then you'd be visited by the paramedics. Uh... And perhaps the paramilitary. <laughs> So some of the things we've, we've covered, uh, like night terrors, are actually also a parasomnia. All but right. uh, it also includes sleepwalking. And then we've got sleep apnea and mostly obstructive sleep apnea, which is the obstruction of the airway during sleep caused by, uh, causing lack of sufficient deep sleep. And it's often accompanied by snoring. When I was overweight, I would actually get this quite a bit. Uh, you could apparently hear me just kind of go... <laughs> and then breathe again. And it wasn't long enough to interrupt my sleep, but just, I don't know what it is about being heavy, but maybe there's fat in your mouth that helps obstruct it or something. Yeah, your neck gets fat. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and um, your chest is is quite heavy as well. So you need... Weighs down on your lungs. Right. So uh, what ends up happening in obstructive sleep apnea is uh, patients will actually stop sleeping. And this is quite terrifying to people who are observing them because they'll just completely go into brief respiratory arrest for up yeah. to 40 seconds or a minute. Yeah. Wow. And this can happen hundreds of times a night. And it can lead to high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, and of course... Death? Premature mortality, yeah. You, nobody dies from the sleep apnea itself, but they'll die from the, uh, cause, the, the problems related to sleep apnea. So nobody has ever just stopped breathing because of sleep apnea and just never started up again. Well, I suppose if you were drunk enough or sedated enough and you had sleep apnea, <laughs> yeah. that, that could happen, sure. Okay. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, dad has it, and uh, he was in surgery at some point, and, then, right. and he just stopped breathing. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then, but uh, my buddy was like, no, no, he's got sleep apnea. Just give him a, give him a, give him a <laughs> half a minute. <laughs> why why then, was your sure buddy enough, in the operating room? I don't know. <laughs> it's a story I heard. Well, if he was sleeping on his own, that would have been a minor procedure. There you go. Because okay. if he actually needed major surgery, he would have had an airway and there would have been a machine breathing for him. Right, so it right. wouldn't be an issue. He's getting a mole removed. Maybe. Uh, rounding out my list, which is not a complete list, there are more things, is nocturia, which is the frequent need to get up and go to the bathroom to urinate at night. I had an old roommate who, like, I would every once in a while, he would wake me up because he was getting up to go to the bathroom, and it was like, seriously. Why would he wake you up? Because hey, you'd hear the hey, toilet Kevin, flush. Hey, I have to go pee. hey, Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Just so you know, sorry. Well, no, we would be spooning. Nocturia and, and a parasomnia. And he would, uh, you know, push me aside to get up. No, you know, the toilet flushing and all the footsteps in the hallway. And you're just kind of like, what the, what's going on? And you're like, whoosh. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you wake up and you're like, what is this going on? And it would like two or three times a night sometimes. Uh, so that's kind of our list. There are more things. We're going to start talking about a few of the interesting uh, and more caustic uh, examples of these that we've got. Torn, have you got something you'd like to talk about? Some interesting sleep habits in the animal kingdom. Okay. Ooh. Things that you may not know about. Humans are animals too. Not necessarily caustic, but just weird. Okay. Sure. Funky. I think weird and funky is caustic. Marine mammals, for example. Marine Dolphins, mammals. whales, walruses, seals. Oh, yeah, I guess they all sleep, don't they? Like, what do, what, do, what do they do when they sleep? They have what they call unihemispheric sleep. Unihemispheric sleep. Does that mean they sleep half their brain at a time? Exactly. That's wow. exactly what it means. Wow. I swear oh, I didn't know that. I was going to Wow. Guessing. Called it. I was going to go. It's one of those uh, tight one-piece things they wear in wrestling tournaments. But around their brain? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and dolphins, specifically a calf and its mother, will have zero sleep for the first few months of the baby's life. Whoa. More reasons not to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not to have a baby dolphin. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For, all right, I'm abandoning my human-dolphin hybrid program. It's tuna-friendly. Uh, the giraffe has one of the shortest sleep requirements of any mammal. Guess how much sleep they have to have in a 24-hour period? Uh, 15 minutes. This 37. Two hours. Between 
10 minutes and 2 hours, so you're all correct. All right. In a 24 hour, averaging 1.9 <laughs> hours a day. The olive-backed thrush, a medium-sized thrush that takes hundreds of naps during the day. Okay. Each of just a few seconds. Most migratory birds tend to function on uh, micro-naps, mm. as they call them. Albatrosses are known to sleep while flying, even oh. cruising at a speed of 25 miles an hour. I guess it would be... <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Well, I guess when, the albatross goes out to open sea, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's and, not, and you're, you're not going to run into a tree. And you're way up in the air, right? You yeah. can get up nice and high, and then those albatrosses have those huge wingspans, so they could probably just go, and just glide. keep it snapped open and just kind of glide. <laughs> and then eventually, whoa, ocean. And then they fly up another 100 feet. That is weird. That's I gotta. T- that's like sleeping while driving. Yeah. Can, yeah. You, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> like even if you're in Saskatchewan, except yeah. the crashing part. It's just like okay, I'm gonna take a quick nap while I'm driving, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna drive. Hope that I'm not gonna hit something. No, you're gonna drive for those rumble strips that they put on roads. Yeah, now. there you go. Yeah. Uh, scientists believe that some species of shark never go into deep sleep. Instead, these aquatic hunters will power down, lazily drifting along. I've heard that before. Power down. Huh. So let's talk about these stages of sleep. Okay, let's do that. Stage one, put on your jammies. Yeah, that's the jammy (laughs) stage. Stage 1.5, a relatively light stage of sleep can be considered a transition period between wakefulness and sleep. The brain produces high amplitude theta waves. Theta waves? That That sounds sounds like like science fiction. Yeah, that sounds like something that would happen to me in a Marvel comic book. I got bombarded (laughs) with theta waves. Now I become the sleepwalker. (laughs) Well, theta waves are just part of an EEG tracing, alpha, beta, theta. Oh, this, they're sort not of, cool radiation all, from your sleeping No, mind. no, it's just it's just, oh. uh, just the, the frequency of the wave that's being produced in the mm. EEG waveform. Right. Yeah, no, I prefer to think of them as the spider sense tingling. <laughs> I think they're around 7 hertz. Spider senses? Yeah. Uh, no, theta waves. Oh, okay. The period of sleep lasts only a brief time, around 5 to 10 minutes. If you awaken someone during the stage, they might report that they weren't really asleep. The whole, like, I was just resting my eyes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Most people have actually, they have retained awareness during stage one sleep. Right. And a lot of people who have what we call sleep misperception disorder, Mm. who report not actually sleeping very much, you can hook them up to in a sleep lab and they actually get eight regular hours like everybody else. By measuring their theta waves. Just overly cursed with awareness during sleep, which they mistake as being awake but then are they tired the rest of the day because they think they're they didn't get enough sleep well that's a sort of an interesting psychological question right if you wake up and you're frustrated because you feel you didn't get enough sleep (laughs) um it's not too hard to actually convince yourself that you're tired oh god i'm so tired i only like two hours sleep last night yeah Yeah. all right uh stage two drooling yes drooling lasts (laughs) for approximately 20 minutes Uh uh-huh the brain begins to produce bursts of rapid rhythmic brainwave activity known as sleep spindles. Oh, spindles. Aren't those things that you have in your staircase and the big windy fancy staircases? Amongst other things, yes. It's a particular waveform on the EEG that sort of looks like a spindle of thread. There you go. Body temperature starts to decrease and heart rate begins to slow. Stage three. Making love to your pillow? <laughs> Deep. Dude, that's stage, stage 0.5. You need to be awake for that. <laughs> Deep, slow brain waves known as delta waves begin to emerge during stage three sleep. Uh, it's the transitional period between light sleep and very deep sleep. These are the waves that have like brown beards and they have those cars that jump over things. Remember that movie Delta Force? From back in Delta the Force yeah. waves? What? Delta Force waves. It was a really terrible movie. Yeah, remember they, it had the, the they jet brown motorcycles? U- brown uniforms and jet, jet powered Delta motorcycles. Force waves? 
No, no, no. no. The, the movie is called Delta Dan, Force. I made okay, I remember Delta Force. <laughs> and, and, but they're called Delta Waves, so he wants all to call right, it Delta. Right, right, right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's gotcha. move on to stage four. Yeah. Sometimes referred to as Delta Sleep because of the slow brain waves known as Delta Waves that occur during this time. Stage four is a deep sleep that lasts for approximately 30 minutes. Bedwetting and sleepwalking are most likely to occur at the end of stage four sleep. Hopefully not both at the same time. Ooh. <laughs> then it wouldn't even be bedwetting. It yeah. would just be wedding. house wedding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carpet Although wedding. that does happen to um, some kids end up in sleep clinics because they'll, they'll pee in the corners. Oh, nice. so During sleepwalking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, just put a bucket there. Yeah. I... <laughs> Problem solved. Okay. Now you've just totally reminded me of something from my past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think you better. The sleepwalking or the peeing in the, a this corner? This is a real confessional episode. Both. Nice. All right. Honestly, I don't know why I didn't remember this through all the research I've been doing, but now I'm going to tell this horribly embarrassing story. I was probably eight years old. Uh I was a bedwetter until I was about eight. Uh, Yeah, I was a bedwetter for quite some time, but this is not that. Uh, I apparently, I I actually have a little bit of a memory of this, whether it's because my mother has told me about it enough times that I've kind of constructed one or actually do remember the event. I don't know. I woke up uh, kind of early in the night, probably just before midnight or so, but I was eight, so I was supposed to be asleep for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked into the kitchen. In the kitchen, we had one of those garbage cans where you press on it with the pedal and the top opens up. Okay. Yeah. And my mom is still in the kitchen. She's, I don't know what she's doing, cleaning or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. not that late. She's making really. a delicious pie. <laughs> she might be making our lunches for school the next day or something. Right. You having pie for um, lunch? That's awesome. I didn't. I'm coming over. Probably peanut butter and jelly. Tell your mom I'll be there. Is what it was. And so I walk over to this garbage can, which is right beside the refrigerator in the kitchen. Uh Step on the button. Did you buy a toilet-shaped garbage can? (laughs) Step on the button. Top opens up. I pull my pajamas down, and I start peeing (laughs) right into it. And my mom goes, Joe, what are you doing? And I go, I'm going to the bathroom. Jeez. She's like, you should do that in the bathroom. And I was like, I am. What? Nice. Yeah, I well, it was her fault for putting that 2,000 flushes brick right in the, you know, right on the edge of it. Stage five. Most dreaming occurs during the fifth stage of sleep, known as rapid eye movement or REM. Fall on me, don't fall on me. REM sleep is characterized by eye movement, increased respiration rate, and increased brain activity. REM sleep is also referred to as paradoxical sleep, because while the brain and other body systems become more active. Muscles become more relaxed. Dreaming occurs because of increased brain activity, but voluntary muscles become paralyzed. Except when they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be some kind of disorder. Mm-hmm. So this is when you're in dream state. This is when you're actually dreaming. You got the twitchy eye thing going That's on. when you're dreaming. That's All when right. you have nightmares as opposed to night terrors. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So re- nightmares and night terrors is simply a uh, chronological thing. It's when whatever stage of sleep you're yeah. in. Yeah. Night terror is also known as sleep terror, incubus attack. Or pavor nocturnus. Incubus being the male version of the succubus, mm-hmm. which I believe we discussed in Demons. Yes, cause feelings of terror or dread and typically occurring in the first few hours of sleep during stage three or four non-rapid eye movement. Non-rapid eye movement? NREM. NREM. Slow wave sleep. Sleep terrors begin between the ages of four and 12 and then usually dissipate during adolescence. Okay. The most common age for sleep terrors in adults are between 20 and 30. With the episodes waning over time, probably because you're trying to, you don't know where your rent's coming from. You, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> fighting with your girlfriend. Another fun part of REM is sleep paralysis. I don't know if you guys looked at that. Oh at all. yeah, I've, I can tell you some anecdotal stories about sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis. Yeah, oh, let's do that. But or, let me finish or, night okay, terrors we'll finish first. Okay. Uh, children who have night terrors are usually described as bolting upright, often screaming with their eyes wide open and panic on their face, just like in the movies. Right. Just, just okay. Like- 
Just like Bart Simpson? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> they usually sweat, breathe fast, and have a rapid heart rate. Some cases exhibit punching, swinging, or fleeing. Now, mm. when they when they sit bolt upright, are they instantly awake, or are they still kind of asleep? They're probably still probably kind of asleep. Probably a bit of both. Yeah. Right. So they just when they actually regain consciousness, they could actually be in the act of running. So you're, yeah. so you're awake enough to be thinking about all the things that are going on, but asleep enough to be not totally coherent and yeah, right. make you freak out even more kind of straddling dream state and yeah. or, you know reality although it seems like children are awake during a night terror they will appear confused be inconsolable and will not always recognize others i'm down a pet because of night terrors oh i don't, I don't know if we should talk about this yes we well, should yeah so i used to have a chinchilla Oh, no. Oh, no. And and he was. I'm Are you about kidding. to out one of the soda jerks? I'm not going to oh. mention who this was. All right. I used to have this chinchilla. He's like amazing. He was like a hand me down pet from another roommate of mine uh-huh. uh, who didn't want him. What His made name, him so amazing? Uh, he was the friendliest chinchilla you have ever met. He okay, I've this... never met a chinchilla. No, neither so have I. That would be hard. <laughs> so chinchillas it could bite these... me in the face, and it would still be the friendliest chinchilla. <laughs> they're these I've little ever tiny. Met. They're these little tiny puffy furry rodents with like the softest fur you've yeah, ever had. You make coats out of them, and right? Stuff, they, right? As a matter of fact, they were originally made as just fur uh, animals. But uh, his name was Frederick Moadib Chinchilla the first. Oh God! <laughs> I, I lived in a house with like a whole bunch of other nerds, and we just started adding names onto him. But his name was Freddy. Mm-hmm. If you opened his cage up. He would run to the edge, and if you put your hand down, he would run onto your hand and then up your arm to your shoulder and then nuzzle against your neck. And he was so great that you could take him into your bedroom and just let him run around in it. And if you would go lie down in your bed, he would jump up on the bed and snuggle with you. And then leave little droppings, a little te- Clemo steamer on your chest. Chinchilla <laughs> size. Yeah, not on your chest, but he would leave droppings. But they're like rabbit. They're all totally dry and Pellet, easy, to, yeah. easy to vacuum up. It's because he didn't fucking refill the water in his cage. <laughs> That's right. He's slowly dying of dehydration. He would, I would actually let him stay overnight sometimes out in my room. And he uh-huh. was just, you know, cool enough to know to get out of the way if you moved around in bed or something. So I had a roommate who, would, who fell in love with him and would do the same thing. And then one night he had a night terror while Freddie was in the bed and oh, he rolled Muad'Dib. over on top of him. Uh, he wasn't a Muad'Dib, otherwise he'd have like harnessed that sandworm That's and rode, right. it, rode it to freedom. He, he would have bent like a reed in the wind <laughs> yes, and exactly. allowed his fear and this huge human to just wash over him. Yeah, and so when in, it is gone, only he remains. Inappropriately named. So he got suffocated or crushed or both? Probably both. There was no rain on a racket. So early that morning, there's my roommate knocking on my bedroom door, and I'm like, what? Why is he waking me up? Where's the chinchilla? I don't know, but I feel this new growth on my back and the small of my back. I didn't ask where's the chinchilla because when I opened the door, he was standing there holding a flat chinchilla in his hands, (laughs) crying his eyes out. So then you made a coat for your dog out of chinchilla. That's right. It was well, chinchillas aren't big. Can made his socks. Can made little, but, yeah. little little UGG boots for your dog. Uh, what can you do? He couldn't help it. I couldn't be mad at him. I with felt a terrible. face on one of them. <laughs> yeah, like or like slippers, like a face on the toes, right? You need two chinchillas for that. Well, my dog would need four. Oh wait, that's true. Get my dog four chinchillas, stat. Well, you guys wanted to hear about sleep paralysis. Oh yeah, I did. A condition that occurs in the state just before dropping off to sleep, the hypnagogic state. That sounds like we should have talked about that during the Demons episode. Hypnagogue? Yeah. Yeah. Or just before fully awakening from sleep, the hypnopompic state. The condition is characterized by being unable to move or speak. The paralysis may last only a few seconds or minutes, with some rare cases being hours. The experience may involve visual, auditory, or tactile hallucinations. 
Ooh, people pay good money for that stuff. Yep. It is often associated with a feeling that there is some sort of presence, a feeling which often arouses fear, anxiety, and panic, but is also accompanied by an inability to cry out. Some experience the feeling that someone or something is sitting on their chest and they feel impending death and suffocation. Oh. This has been called the hag phenomena. Ah. And many other names throughout the world and has been happening to people for centuries. Uh, in history, sleep paralysis is widely considered to be the work of demons and more specifically incubi. Mm-hmm. The description of the symptoms of sleep paralysis is similar to the description many alien abductees give in recounting their abduction experiences. Curious. Oh. Sleep it's... paralysis is thought by some to account for not only many alien abduction delusions, but also ghost sightings and delusions involving paranormal or supernatural So what you're saying is there's a perfectly logical explanation <laughs> for both demons and aliens. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a horrendous sleep paralysis experience once. I was lying on my bed just dozing yeah. and... Um, a guy broke into the house, and I thought, okay, I'll just stay here, and yeah. I'll lie very still, yeah. and he'll leave me alone. But he came into my room, put a gun to my head, and oh. pulled the trigger, and then I jerked awake. Wow. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that wasn't sleep paralysis. Maybe you slipped dimensions. <laughs> like, you, oh, I hope so. You reached, <laughs> you reached the end of that life, and then it went, well, you can't just end it. Let's branch pop point. you off. Branch point. Punk. And there was an alternate dimension created where you did that guy didn't come in and shoot you in the head. I don't I've, know. I've had a few of these, and they're very similar. Like, I'd be having, like, a regular dream. So uh-huh. this happened right before I would wake up. Yeah. Sometimes, it, like, if I napped in the middle of the day, I'd get it as well. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just be lying in bed. I'm aware that I'm in bed. In my bedroom. Right, yeah. Uh, usually someone will be trying to get in the door of the apartment building or into the window. Right. But you can't do anything. You, you're you literally paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You think you're aware of everything that's going on. I also would sometimes hear, like, conversations that were going on in other rooms. But they're all inventions. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No Not necessarily. Actually... I wasn't sure about some of them because sometimes it would be, like, my roommate's talking or whatever. But mm. then through another window, someone's trying to come inside. And sometimes I would try to, like, I'd know that I was either having a dream or this weird thing was happening right. to me again. Like you're kind of yeah. being lucid. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. I just try to start to make noises, but I can only do it when I was breathing out. So I'd go like, <laughs> trying to wake myself up. <laughs> and, and a couple of times, girlfriends have been saying, you're making this weird noise in your sleep. And I'd wake up and go, oh my fucking God, I hate when that happens. So basically you would uh, wail like a pregnant elephant giving birth yes right. precisely i once had a sleep paralysis episode on the couch and right. the only thing i could get moving were my fingertips <laughs> and i had to i came up with the idea that if i could bite my finger i could oh, get myself to wake right. up so i was trying to crawl my hand up <laughs> to my mouth Interesting. and i eventually got there nice and chomp ugh. I have never had anything like that. That's crazy. No, I don't think I have either. Not fun at all. I, you guys have myclo- myclonic jerks, right? Uh, What's a myclonic jerk? Do you have to have a circle for that? <laughs> no, you can oh, have okay, just single myclonic jerk. You can't to... have circle myclonic oh, jerks. You know what? It's when you spin around really tight circle. That's a cyclonic but, jerk. But just yourself. Myclonic. <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh-huh. No, it's when you're about to fall asleep and you... Your body just spasms. Yeah, and you just your leg goes... <clears throat> Like oh, you're, I've done that. Yeah, when you're yeah. you're feeling like you're riding a bike or something, you'd fall off. I no, was confusing it with how you would like get all twitchy when you gave yourself an enema. That's the myclonic myclonic myclonic. See now you know what to call those things when but they happen. Whenever I get that leg jerk thing, I always feel like I'm about to fall out of bed. Yeah, and exactly. That's what, like oh, I'm rolling. I feel like I'm oh, I'm rolling to the edge. And then you go. Ugh! 
And then you realize yeah. that you're right lying in the middle of your yeah. bed and you weren't anywhere near the edge. Have you had restless legs? Not like restless leg, leg syndrome that Horrendous. happens to people all through the night where they Is wake it, up. I've like, had very, very mild version of it. Oh, okay. And you're lying there and you absolutely must move your leg. You have okay. this, just this incredible urge to like stretch it out, straighten it, bend it. Yeah. And it is absolutely irresistible. I get something. And it comes again and again and again. A couple of years ago, there was an ad campaign for some drug that was supposed to cure restless leg syndrome. They would do this thing about it. You ever get restless leg syndrome and you have to move your leg and blah, blah, blah. They say, take this drug and it will cure it. And then the list of side effects was right. like a minute long. <laughs> and some of them was like were like horrible, like, oh, it could cause death kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so it became this running joke on The Daily Show for like a week about, you know, in case you'd rather die than have a twitchy leg. If it was just a twitchy leg, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But it is absolutely horrendous when it happens. Well, restless leg syndrome is not to be confused with periodic limb movement disorder. Oh, okay. Oh. One of my friends, Natalie, says, At first I thought it was insomnia because my mom said I had stayed up after I was put to bed at age two. But in high school, the insomnia really came out and got worse and worse. I'm sure it was partially stress and depression induced. But finally, I got examined at the UBC sleep clinic. They found out I wake up about... 100 to 120 times a night with body seizures or twitches that neither let me fall asleep or stay asleep or go properly into REM sleep. It's called periodic limb movement disorder. It's like waking up when you dream you're falling off a cliff, but all night long. Oh, that doesn't sound like yeah. fun at all. So it's like it's the twitchy leg thing, but instead of doing it once, you do it 100 times. Yeah, and it's your entire body, I guess. And oh. in that case, the movements are completely involuntary. With restless legs, you can sort of fight the urge, but okay. eventually it's going to overpower you. Yeah. It's like an irresistible hunger after a while. PLMD, periodic limb movement disorder. they got to come up with a better acronym for that. PLMD. Uh-huh. Uh, it's estimated to occur in approximately 4% of adults, but is more common in the elderly, especially females, with up to 11% experiencing symptoms. That is high. If you'd asked me yeah. to guess what the number would be, I would not have guessed 4%. Yeah, I would have thought much rarer. Yeah. yeah. Sleep disorders are in- incredibly common. So this kind of reminds me of even more limb uh, movement, which would lead to sexomnia. Sexomnia. Yeah. Which That's is, a very certain limb. Uh, sleep sex. In us, in us gentlemen. As some of us, we call it tripod omnia. <laughs> Sexomnia is a condition in which a person will engage in sexual acts while still asleep. Such acts can include masturbation, fondling themselves or others, having sex with another person, and in more extreme cases, sexual assault and rape. Mm -hmm. There have actually been some successful sexomnia defenses. Okay. It's considered a type of non-rapid eye movement sleep, so NREM, Mm -hmm. uh, parasomnia. Most people who suffer from sexomnia also sleepwalk. And sexomniacs do not remember the acts they perform while they're asleep. I mean, if you're going to sleepwalk, you might as well stick a Johnson in something. You should get permission first. You might as well incur some criminal liability. Well, I'm not necessarily saying people, but like watermelons, cantaloupe, what what have you. Well, then you're going to have to make sure that you keep safe orifices nearby. (laughs) That's, That's what people who suffer from this should do. That's why I got my mail order uh, live doll or <laughs> live real doll. doll. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, because I'm a pervert, but because I have <laughs> sexomnia. sexomnia. Now I'm imagining a married guy who keeps a real doll in his bed between him and his wife. Just so, <laughs> just so he's got that to molest in his sleep. So she gets a good night's sleep. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have uh, had girlfriends in the past, and then you kind of wake up in the early hours of the morning, yeah. and you're sort of already kind of in the middle of getting it on, mm-hmm. and that is the most wonderful way to wake up. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most wonderful way to wake up, because, uh, I oh mean, boy. I guess the medical thing is that if you're, um, you know, as you're about to wake up, 
there's the, your body releases endorphins or whatever, and that's why you get the morning glory. Yeah. Right. You know, right before you wake, you kind of like you start sport wood, yes. so to speak. And uh, I've had several girlfriends take advantage of that. And now, in retrospect, I feel violated. Oh. I don't. Mm-hmm. For the record, if we're if we have willingly entered the bed together that evening, then you know, go mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> I have a safe word. It's all it's all good. I'll stop you if I need you to do. The safe word is muadib. <laughs> <laughs> No. The sleeper has awakened. <laughs> so should we go from the funner sex, side somnia? Yeah, the funner yeah. side of sleep disorders to for, somnambulism. For let's say most, there are some horrible, horrible things that happen from sexomnia. Uh, granted, I'd, I'm trying to think of the lighter side. I, I would like to as well, but this See, is caustic so, soda. Has anyone somnambulated? Just the one that I described <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. peeing. That's My brother was one. an amazing sleepwalker. Yeah. Really? He would get into arguments with me, insisting he was awake. Then right. in the morning, I'd say, so do you remember that talk we had last night? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wrap your awesome. head around that, philosophy fans. <laughs> do you guys know what uh, talking in your sleep is called? Voca somnambulism or somnidicta? I don't even know. Somniloquy. Somniloquy. That's a delightful word. I know. That is awesome. I totally did know that and had. This is how horrible (laughs) my brain is. It's in my notes. (laughs) I had a girlfriend who talked in her sleep, but I could never understand what she's talking about. It was always just. "Eh, You didn't know the the secrets that she kept? I tried. (laughs) When she was talking and slept? I tried. But it was all. (laughs) Has anyone ever homicidally somnambulated thankfully uh, uh, not unless there was somebody in that uh, garbage can that drowned oh yeah <laughs> not that i know of but who knows homicidal somnambulism by the year 2000 there had been an estimated 68 cases of homicide while sleepwalking reported wow. worldwide this is totally the kind of thing that you hear in the news and you're like that what a what a lie that is yeah. that guy's a, making that shit up what to a cover. Yeah. but the thing is like it, it happens well and the other thing too is during slow wave or deep sleep your your muscles aren't paralyzed which is why sleepwalking is so frequent right right but then in certain kinds of brain disorders certain kinds of dementia especially dementia with louis bodies when you with have what? Lu- with what? dementia with louis bodies what's a louis body louis bodies are particular features noticed within cells on microscopy that are associated with parkinson's disease okay. and certain kinds of dementia can and you spell louis for me l-e-w-y okay for whatever reason that ability of the brain to paralyze the muscles during Louis de body dementia is lost. Oh. So it's not too hard to imagine that right. all sorts of horrible things can happen during yeah. REM sleep without muscle paralysis. So in this story, does it say how most of these homicides are committed? Are they with a weapon? Are they choking? I are have they... a few okay. instances, okay. which right. I will relate here. The, the biggest one, and probably the most famous, is from 1987. Kenneth Parks was a married 23-year-old man with a five-month-old daughter. He had a very close relationship to his in-laws, with his mother-in-law referring to him as her gentle giant. Oh. <laughs> the summer before the controversial events, he developed a gambling problem and fell into deep financial problems. To cover his losses, he took funds from his family's savings and then began to embezzle at work. March 1987, his actions were discovered and he was fired from his job. On May 20th, he went to his first Gamblers Anonymous meeting. So all that is kind of like... That's the, the, the that's environment the, in which he was yeah, living. Yeah, the environment. It may or may not have anything to do with what happened next, but... He was over, he was perhaps you could term him as stressed out. Yeah. In the early morning hours of May 23rd, 1987, Kenneth Parks reportedly fell asleep while watching TV, drove 23 kilometers to his in-laws home, entered their house with a key they'd given him, and using a tire iron he brought with him, bludgeoned his mother-in-law to death. 
He then turned on her husband, attempting to choke him to death, but the man managed to survive the attack. After all this, Parks drove himself to the police station. Aside from a few isolated events, the next thing he could recall was being at the police station asking for help, saying, I think I may have killed some people. My hands. Parks had severed tendons in both of his hands during the attack, but seemed oblivious to the pain. Even sleep okay. specialists were extremely oh. skeptical of his sleepwalking defense, yeah. as it became known. However, after careful investigation, the specialist could find no other explanation. Parks' EEG readings were highly irregular, even for a parasomniac. This combined with the facts that there was no motive, that he was amazingly yeah. consistent in his stories for more than seven interviews, despite repeated attempts of trying to lead him astray. The timing of the events fit perfectly with the proposed explanation. There was a strong family history of parasomnias, and there there is no way to fake EEG results. Parks was acquitted. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is, like, he had no reason to actually attack his in-laws. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have benefited from it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But the driving while asleep, that's kind of crazy. But like Rob said, his brother was able to carry on a conversation with him. No, I'm awake. Uh, 1961, England. Uh, Wazel Nipiuk a Polish immigrant that had suffered Nazi internment, which caused him to have nightmares. In one of these, he dreamed of fighting back. In fact, he was in the home of his landlady, and when he woke up, it turned out that he had beaten her to death. Mm. Ooh. He was found guilty of capital murder, sentenced to death, and hanged. I guess in 1961 in England, they, uh, the sleepwalking defense not nearly so accepted. Yeah. Uh, 1968 Scotland, Simon Fraser often dreamed that a beast invaded his home at night. One time he dreamed that a white beast had come up through the floor. He seized it and dashed it to the ground. He woke up to find that he had killed his infant son. Oh, man. This episode was probably a night terror with or without sleepwalking. And 1968 London, Esther Griggs, mother of three, dreamed one night her house was on fire, screaming, Save my children! Though asleep, Miss Griggs threw her baby into the street. Again, probably a night terror with or without sleepwalking. Mm, right, right. So she thought the house was on fire, yeah. walked into the baby's room, threw it out the window. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. That's a, I, I'm struggling to find a joke in <laughs> there somewhere. It's well, not... how about, how about the, I'm going to use it to like poke people in the eye that think that we were intelligently designed. <laughs> yeah. the, if we were intelligently designed, our brains would not do this. How about you see, Joe? It's original sin. Oh, right. Uh, it's all part of the divine plan. Uh, <laughs> it's how God gets you on a technicality, even if you've lived a morally perfect life. Well, you remember that one time you were sleeping, huh? No. Huh? <laughs> no. You killed that family of three, huh? No I, no, I don't remember because you designed my brain to not remember. Yeah, well, off to hell with you. Fuck you. <laughs> Appeal denied. Double blasphemy. <laughs> Appeal denied. <laughs> There's not a lot about it because we don't know a lot about these, but there are two types of sleepy sickness. The first people might know about from the movie Awakenings with Robert De Niro is... Oh, yeah, uh, I like that movie. It was well done, yeah. Encephalitis lethargica, uh, called sleepy sickness, is the first form of it. Uh, it was first described by neurologist Konstantin von Economo in 1917. Oh, that totally sounds like a made-up name. Uh, von Economo. <laughs> sounds like a great name for a neurologist. I shall balance your budget. <laughs> oh, no, he should have gone into economics. Yeah. He should become a financier. Uh, too, too derivative. Too, yeah. too on the nose. Too on the, yeah. nose. the disease attacks the brain, leaving some victims in, st in statue-like condition, speechless and motionless. Yeah. And here's the really weird thing. So this is, encephalitis means uh, an inflammation of the brain. Yeah. Uh, so encephalitis lethargica just means it's a brain inflammation that makes you sleepy. 
Like, that's all they know about this, it seems. Right. And between 1915 and 1926, an epidemic of encephalitis lethargica spread around the world. Oh. And they don't know why. Just people around the world just started falling asleep and not waking up. It was the aspartame. But even in Awakenings, you know, he administers that drug and then it like, you know, it has declining effect and it just keeps going larger and larger dose. And they all eventually slip back into sleep and they could never recreate the the successes that they had. That's a pretty much a true story. Yeah. So symptoms are high fever, sore throat, headache, lethargy, double vision, delayed physical and mental response, sleep inversion. That's when That's, you sleep upside down? No, it's sleeping all day, awake all night. All right. Uh, and catatonia. And in severe cases, the, the one that it gets the name from, uh, patients may enter a coma-like state. And they can also experience abnormal eye movement, Parkinsonism, upper body weakness, muscular pains, tremors, neck rigidity and behavioral changes, including psychosis. The other sleepy sickness is human African trypanosomiasis. I hope I pronounced that right which is spread by the tsetse fly. And it's it a parasitic it, disease. It burrows straight into your brain. We may have mentioned this on the Flies and Maggots episode. We might have. Yeah. I'll go over it briefly. Uh, it's got a few stages, and if left untreated, it overcomes the host defenses and can cause extensive damage to include anemia, endocrine, cardiac, and kidney dysfunctions. And the second uh, stage begins when it invades the central nervous system by passing through the blood-brain barrier. Ooh. You get confused, you have reduced coordination, disruption of your sleep cycle, bouts of fatigue, punctuated with manic periods leading to daytime slumber. And without treatment, the disease is fatal. Yeah, we definitely talked about this in Flies and Maggots. So if you want to get into more details, feel free to go back and check out that episode on cost at our website causticsodapodcast.com. While we're speaking of horrible diseases, I'd like to mention fatal familial insomnia. Yes. yes. Fatal familial insomnia. Okay. A very rare autosomal dominant inherited prion disease of the brain. Yeah. You know what all that stuff means. Yes. Uh (laughs) The result of a genetic mutation present in about 40 families worldwide, affecting about 100 people at present. Okay. And they all just have a compulsion to kill each other? Well, no, no, no. (laughs) Let them finish. Let them finish. Because I was about to say, I think more more people than that have that compulsion. It's even better. Uh Fatal familial insomnia begins between the ages of 30 and 60. The average survival span for patients diagnosed with FFI after the onset of symptoms is 18 months. If only one parent has the gene, the offspring has a 50% chance of, her- of inheriting it and developing the disease. Okay. Stage one. Includes symptoms like lack of sleep that happens suddenly, atypical panic attacks, phobias. This lasts for about four months. Okay. Stage two. Lasts more than five months, and for some reason I don't have the <laughs> symptoms. I think stage two is similar to stage one, but um, more extreme. Right. right. Uh, stage three, physical degradation like weight loss happening fast. The patient experiences diminished mental capacity, lasts for three months. And stage four, the patient is already suffering from dementia and the inability to respond to external stimuli with a total duration of approximately six months. After these stages, the patient eventually dies due to a total sleeplessness, which slowly progresses into a deep coma. There is no treatment. What causes it? Do you have any idea? It's a prion, which is a misfolded protein. Yeah. So we've talked about uh-huh. some things that are caused by prions before, like, like can, uh, uh, the can openers. They pry on and pry <laughs> off. We mentioned it in the cannibalism episode. Yeah, oh, okay. and mm. mad cow disease, things like that are prions. Kreutzfeldt Jakob uh, disease. Jakob disease. Yeah. And it just it, it's going to show up. Yeah. And if it does, you're dead in like eighteen months. Yeah. yeah, yeah once the, ba- the disease develops. Yeah. And I think the the current record for an FFI sufferer is a period of six months of absolute insomnia. So why don't <sighs> we just make all these people stop humping? 
Because there's only like 100 people around oh, the world. Oh, eugenics. All right. Well, <laughs> that, I think that's kind of how it's being handled now, that you, we can detect that mutated protein. Uh, it's Apparently, it's been found in f- only 40 families worldwide. There's only yeah. 100 people who have this. And part of the problem is the onset is after typically you've had your kids. And yeah. so up until now, yeah, because well, he just starts, something happened yeah. to grandma. We don't know what that's about. Oh, yeah. and then it happens to mom. And then yeah. it happens to Becky. But it's a pretty specific, like, got all these sleep-related issues. And then all kind of like, they die in a pretty horrible way. Sure, but remember, right. up until 50 years ago, we had almost no clue about genetic disorders, neurological disorders. Well, Did, okay, we hadn't so identified they, were, they were possessed by a demon yeah. Yeah. and treat them the same way. The, the incubus kept them awake every night. That's they right. could not sleep, and eventually mm-hmm. they, they died. Yeah, Demon spawn should not be allowed to hump. And then we would get this, <laughs> they get this problem they just, in the bud. Well, I think there are certainly people who might end up getting a genetic test and realizing that they carry the gene for this and then thinking, well, I'm going to adopt. But I don't, I don't know if we can force people to I, Yeah, that. I think that if I had fatal and familial insomnia, but I really wanted a kid, uh-huh. you, Kevin, cannot stop me from having a kid. Yeah. Maybe I want to torture that kid. <laughs> With the knowledge you, that he may someday die of fatal Maybe you don't love kids, and that's why you have one. When can we start doing genetic testing on children in uh, in the womb? Is there? A, oh, we could do that now. Uh, how far along in the pregnancy? Can oh, I see. Jeez. When it's a glimmer in, in two people's eyes. eyes. Yeah, specifically, I'm not sure. Not long after the pregnancy itself is actually okay. uh, detected. You can right. you, you, chorionic villus sampling, which is okay. a bit of sampling from the how uterine about, tissue. How about or, bef- like even before? Could we? Could somebody say with this disease? decide i'd like to have a kid for whatever reason they want it to be genetically yeah. theirs yeah could they could we do some kind of test for the gene test beforehand in right. say the, the the sperm or the egg and and do like a an artificial insemination using clean that'd be hard to do sample. because of course half the sperm are going to have that right. gene right um and mm. half so get a guy half with the, the eggs the tiny pair of tweezers this <laughs> one's good and the only <laughs> way to bad. test the individual egg would be to destroy it. Oh, okay. So you'd pretty much have to have a pregnancy, then test, test it, and then potentially then abort if, say, uh, Sorry, if the gene was there. You're going to die anyway. You could so. just destroy it once it hits like 49. Well, the <laughs> disease would probably do that by then. Just saying. One last thing. Okay. Exploding head syndrome. All right. So does this involve M80s in any way, shape, or form? No, yes. This is why I stopped drinking. Causes the sufferer occasionally to experience a tremendously loud noise as originating from within his or her own head. Oh, man. Usually described as the sound of an explosion, roar, gunshot, loud voices, or screams, a ringing noise, or the sound of electrical arcing. That okay. is horrible. So I don't know why. When you described that, I completely imagined it, and I, I would that would drive me insane. So how, what does this have to do with sleep? This noise usually occurs occurs within an hour or two of falling asleep, but can happen while awake as well. Uh While the sound is perceived as extremely loud, it is usually not accompanied by pain. Attacks appear to change in number over time, with several attacks occurring in a space of days or weeks followed by months of remission. Okay. Attacks are also often accompanied by perceived flashes of light. Uh, When perceived on their own, these are known as a visual sleep start. A visual sleep start. Or difficulty in breathing. The condition is also known as auditory sleep starts. It is not thought to be dangerous, although it is usually distressing to experience. <laughs> so it's kind of like a roller coaster. It's distressing to experience sometimes, but not necessarily dangerous. <laughs> I suppose that's what Rumsfeld said about the treatment of the Guantanamo prisoners. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh-huh. Wake up in blue, don't mind the rainy patter, and you will find it's mind over matter. Our clouds will break up. If you will wake up and live, ba do da do ya do ya do ya ya. Wake up and live, 
show the stuff you're made of, just follow through. What are you afraid of? You'll try it, won't you? Why don't you wake up and live? Ba do da do day, ba do da do day. Come out of your shell. Hey, fella, find your place in the sun. Come out of your shell. Say, fella, just be a go-getting son of a gun. Wake up and live. If lady luck is yawning, up on your toes. A better day is dawning. Don't let up, get up and give. Give yourself a shake-up just to wake up and live. In the news, March 26, 2006. So, uh, recent-ish. Formerly news. news. A Muslim couple in Jalpaiguri district have been ordered by local religious leaders to separate as the husband allegedly uttered talak, which means divorce, three times in his sleep. What's oh, the deal with that? And that's all, and according to Muslim law, that's all you need to do to get a divorce. You just have to say it three times. It's like Beetlejuice? <laughs> Why, I guess the wife overheard him doing somniloquies, speaking in his sleep, uh-huh. and he said the word talak, and I guess or so she, she claims? Three times. So she claims. However, they have refused to uh, follow this order. To grant so the divorce. Trouble. Yeah. No, no. They've refused to take part in the divorce, to, to split up themselves. Oh, okay. so she didn't even want the divorce? Right. While the couple who have three children refuse to obey the order, since there is no discord between them, the community leaders are adamant that they must separate or face a social boycott. So maybe she shouldn't even mention this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she just, I, should have kept it to herself. Right. Exactly. It was probably just, <laughs> oh, he talks to his sleep. It was so funny he was talking about this and he said to lack three times it was so crazy <gasps> i'm telling the bishop or whatever they have <laughs> him. boy i don't even know what the muslim equivalent is i feel terrible the uh, cleric i guess okay with his plus one mace <laughs> the leaders quoting the shariat ruled that the that the talak has to be implemented and if it is not acceptable the only alternative was temporary separation for 100 days during which the wife will live at her father's house and spend, spend a night, night with, with another, another man, man. <laughs> Oh, those kooky Muslims. <laughs> she can remarry her husband only after the man has given her talak. So I guess she sleeps with the man, and then he has to say, yeah, now we're divorced. And then she can remarry her original husband. Can you just say you slept with some other guy? Yeah, I mean, I guess she could yeah. just say... Are they going to do like a... <laughs> she could also just a... say, I was lying. <laughs> I was lying. He didn't say talak. It was he... a joke. He was talking about Shaq. He's a big He said Shaq attack three fan. times in his sleep. <laughs> I don't know a lot of Muslim clerics, but... You don't know any Muslim clerics. I do not. I do not. Uh, I don't... uh, I don't know many. (laughs) I get the impression. They don't have a finely tuned (laughs) sense of humor. I think my favorite part of this news story was, to quote, the matter went to the Family Counseling Center at Falakata Police Station. Oh. The Family Counseling Center is within the police station. All right, let's get out our Family Counseling beat sticks. (laughs) And that's why the cleric carries his uh, truncheon. His plus two mace of family counseling. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Scores a critical hit when it strikes an unfaithful husband. 
So, well, I know it probably doesn't say in the article, but I still would, I'd like to know what a social boycott entails. But I think kind of an informal excommunication. A you know, shunning. All the other Muslims just don't hang out and be your friend anymore. Which probably shunning. really suck in a developing nation where mm-hmm. suddenly you can't do business anymore. Mm-hmm. This is uh, in India, but I wouldn't worry about it. There's, what, another billion people there that yeah, you could be got, friends with? You got Sikhs and Hindus that you can hang out with. I've got something from July 14th, 2011. Okay. In the fairy tale, Sleeping Beauty is a princess sent into a 100-year slumber by an evil witch. The okay. present-day Sleeping Beauty, as the media calls her, is a 17-year-old woman in Worthing, England, named Louisa Ball. Her curse began with flu-like symptoms two years ago, which led to episodes of sleep 10 to 14 days long. So, like, kind of like a little mini coma. Yeah. Her parents would rouse her for bathroom breaks and ravenous feedings. Girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know, it's serious. Her dad said, it was almost like a hamster hibernating. <laughs> what? Those are Lilliputians. Liver, liver, sure. It was almost like Lilliputians. Lilliputians. They're also very small. And the food would get stuffed in. Even so, Louisa would lose as much as 10 pounds during a sleep episode. Even odder than her eating habits was her behavior, which featured offensive primal mood swings. When she was awake. Yeah, the parents knew it. I don't know how you could actually detect a primal (laughs) mood swing when you're in a sleep-like coma. The parents knew a sleep episode was coming when her otherwise sweet-natured daughter would snap at others inappropriately. Hmm. The year before college, Louisa slept for a solid week every month. She missed weeks of school and fell behind in her dance classes. So she's excessive sleeping and eating. So this is this Klein Levin? Yes. Yeah. The doctors were as baffled as Louisa's parents uh, until she was diagnosed with Klein Levin syndrome, an incurable autoimmune disorder that some researchers say disrupts the hypothalamus, the part of the brain that regulates appetite, sleep, and libido. Otherwise known as undergraduate disorder. Mm. <laughs> KLS more often afflicts males, usually beginning with a virus during adolescence that seems to trigger the sleep and aggressiveness, along with hypersexuality. Okay. Mood stabilizers like lithium and hormone therapies help those with KLS around the edges, but they don't ward off the extreme sleep. And so there's no cure, and so you just have, once it kicks in, you just have it for the rest of your life. Her sleep episodes have become less frequent. She recently went five months without one. Affected individuals may go for a period of weeks, months, or even years without experiencing any symptoms, and then they may reappear with little warning. In between episodes, those diagnosed with KLX appear to be in perfect health with no evidence of behavioral or physical dysfunction. So it seems like you'll have a lot of these episodes, and then it'll start to wane off, and then it may or may not come back. I think next time I miss work, I'm just going to, oh, it's my Klein Levin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My Klein Levin just spiked. Anybody got snacks? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, hypersexuality. Like, I'm horny. I had Klein Levin for years. Uh, September 20th, 2000, sleep deprivation as bad as alcohol impairment study suggests. Yeah, I've ever heard this before. They found that people who drive after being awake for 17 to 19 hours performed worse than those with a blood alcohol level of 0.05%. So typically the, the impaired driving level is set at 0.08. Some places do have it at 0.05. That's not even a lot of lack of sleep. Like well, that's kind of the end of a day where you're just starting to get a little tired. I work in film and television. We t- typically do quite long days and mm-hmm. some on some shows longer than others. I was a, a production assistant. So it was the longest hours of them all this years ago. And uh, we were shooting out in Maple Ridge, which is like a good 45 minute to an hour drive away from where I lived. Yep. And I would drive there in the morning and work and then drive back. I, I did a uh, uh, one day, I did a 21 hour working day 
So my like 45 minute drive there and 45 minute drive home, I was up for about 23 or 24 hours on my way home. Okay. I got in my car, turned my car on, and then I woke up at a traffic light with the people behind me honking. <laughs> oh. And I do not remember getting from set to that right. traffic light. And Whoa. that traffic light was about a 30 minute drive. Oh. So I drove for 30 minutes. You were somnambu driving. And the only thing I remember is that I was like full on asleep at a traffic light and somebody behind me was honking and that's what woke me up. And I right. went, how did I get here? Don't try this at home, soda jerks. Has anyone ever hallucinated from being awake for so long? Yeah, when I was on basic officer training. Oh, when I was in basic training too. <laughs> <laughs> About my third day awake and I was on um, guard duty. At some horrendous hour in the morning, oh, in the driving pouring rain, of Were course. You with an armed rifle? No, no, just blanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, an old oak stump did turn into an enemy soldier <laughs> that was lunging towards me. What? <laughs> Mine wasn't near. Like, circumstances were basically the same. I'd been up for about between 60 and 65 hours. Uh, we were in foxholes and we'd set up a defensive position that we dug. So not only was I tired, but I was physically exhausted because yeah. I dug a four foot deep hole oh, in this Jesus. like rocky terrain right. that I could like sit in all night long you've made your hole now sleep in it <laughs> and, and we were we were facing out uh, like a tree line so there's all these and then because this wind in the night right and all the tree branches are moving you just i just kind of got this like weirdo sort of like tendril like movement in the corner of my oh. vision so i would like whip my head like oh, what was that and then as soon as i looked at it it would stop right <laughs> and then it'd get in the other side like, what, what, what? and it would stop like oh I, nobody's there, but it oh. feels like they are. No, that's the fairies just hiding in the corner of <laughs> yeah. your vision. Yes. Mine was we were uh, driving across the U.S. of A. on a two-show tour uh-huh. from Baton Rouge to San Diego, I believe it oh, was. Wow. Okay, whoever booked your shows is really bad at it. That would it was be kind them. of a slash road trip. <laughs> Slash Baton musical Rouge, tour. San we Diego. may we may have had a show in Chilliwack before we left, and once we got back as well, that may have been a four show tour. Chilliwack, Baton Rouge, San Diego, Chilliwack. Yeah, exactly. we That's need those t shirts for that tour, man. Holy I totally crap! Want that tour shirt? That would be awesome. Why the, the giant, fuck? It's the, the why giant, the fuck am I still awake? Tour. Yeah, the giant empty map with three little dots. So we drove into Vegas. Uh-huh. Just pretty much just at sunset. Mm-hmm. And then we just walked around. We we didn't have any money to stay anywhere. Uh, we, we had a van. It was a two-vehicle trip. Oh, caravan. There was a van uh-huh. that had all the equipment in it. And then there was a car that had four people in it. I was in the car. Uh-huh. Okay. So we wandered around until basically like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to just sleep in the car. Rock and roll's glamorous, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and one of the other uh, people in the car just couldn't sleep. So, well, should we just drive? Should we just get some more miles? Yeah. My job was to make sure that the driver stayed awake. So he promptly fell asleep? So, I, no, no, no. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, you do those tricks to try and stay yeah. awake while you're driving or... Roll down the window. Even, yeah. And the bad trick is, look out for that raccoon! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> trying to scare them into staying awake. That's a bad idea. So too. I was just staring down this lonely Nevada road as we were going down. It was just nothing. It's just a straight yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Uh, no stimulus whatsoever. <laughs> no. I think just I've been the, on that highway. Just, yeah. Like lonely horizon, yeah, right? it's dark. And then I just saw this guy at the side of the road, and he threw a net in front of the car. <laughs> <laughs> to like like a fisherman it's like a big net 
Was this guy an anthropomorphic animal of any type? <laughs> it sounds like would... something right out of Fear and Loathing in Las yeah. Vegas. Like that is a serious hallucination. Like yeah. that's very detailed. And was then it? I went, "Oh, we should probably pull over." <laughs> we were an hour out of Vegas when the mushrooms took hold. <laughs> I can't be held responsible. We can't stop here. <laughs> this this is net country. <laughs> Pop culture. Dion McGregor is what's called a voluble dreamer or a somniloquist. He talks in his sleep constantly. Like, everything that he says in his dreams, he vocalizes while he's sleeping, it seems. Okay. Uh, and not in quiet, barely comprehensible mumbles. You can actually understand what he's saying at a conversational volume. So he started recording these. Okay. And released them as record albums. He's also a songwriter. This is from the 60s. And this is uh, 1964. He released uh, the album The Dream World of Dion McGregor with the subtitle He Talks in His Sleep. <laughs> uh, wow, that's kind of on the nose. And it got some minor claim, 1964. And they also released a book of the same name with transcripts of much more <laughs> right. with illustrations by Edward Gorey. Oh, nice. Oh, I know. That is pretty dope. Go to causticsodapodcast.com. I'm going to embed one of the many YouTube videos of one of these tracks. And it's just really interesting. It's called The Mustard Battle. And he's obviously gathering his troops together and making sure everybody's, has everybody got their mustard? <laughs> it's just a weird stream of consciousness, him talking about his, like, him living th- out I'm his I'm sure dreams. it was fascinating for that whole, like, Timothy Leary, like, acid-dropping totally. set, right? They must have loved it. Yeah. How about the movie In My Sleep? Oh, we, we watched that. that. Uh, I had a caustic soda movie night, and we all watched In My Sleep. This is a movie about I, homicidal somnambulism. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would never watch it again. It's from right. 2010, so, starring a bunch of actors. Some that you would recognize. It has the uh, claw-handed brother from Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of cameos. A lot of little, and you know that you sh- they shot it in and around L.A., and they just like pulled favors and got guys to come out for like six hours and yeah. shoot a single scene. And so it's about a guy who wakes up with a bloody knife and blood all over his chest and, and then, he has this history of sleepwalking and, and the police are ringing his doorbell yeah and, and then he may or may not have killed his best friend's wife right yeah who with whom he slept with in a sexomnia episode yes. exactly so he definitely does sleepwalk and and sexomnia and have have these problems and has had them his whole life it right. seems but now he's wondering if he's killed somebody. We're not going to reveal. Yeah, not going to give any the, of the, the, twists, the, and the turns. twists and turns. And uh, they're not terrible twists and turns. No, but I'm not sitting here telling anybody to go out and watch this movie no. either. But the thing I appreciated about the movie was I could tell it was very low budget. Mm-hmm. And for the budget, it felt like a decent attempt. Right. Like, I don't think the outcome is worth your time to watch. But if you want to see a low-budget film that is not insultingly bad, and yeah. you can kind of go, yeah, if these people, you know, got a little bit more practice or had a better script or, you know, a little bit better here, a little bit better there, this could have been really, really well, good. Well, I mean, maybe I'm just showing my colors as a writing nerd because there were like two or three massive plot holes. Yes. That I had a real hard time getting past. I see them as imperfections rather than glaring than, plot holes, than cancerous flaws that, <laughs> that that took me out of the movie watching moment. Going, that is so stupid. Well, I, it was never good enough to get into a movie watching. I moment. guess that's true. It's not terrible. The lead actor liked to take his shirt yeah, off. Yeah, he sure say that He must have saved a lot of money on wardrobe. <laughs> Because <laughs> that guy had a shirt off more than on. It yeah. felt like to me like he was the driving force behind getting the movie made. And it was all about him going, I'm an actor. I got to showcase myself. Let's get some people to make a movie where I can have my shirt off a lot. And yeah. I can go through all sorts of acting things. Let's write a movie where I, I have sleep problems. So I'm never wearing my shirt. Well, the writer, director, producer, Alan Wolf 
created a board game company called Morningstar Games. Oh, really? To help raise financing for the movies. He created five <laughs> games that won awards, including Toy of the Year, and are now distributed around the world. Okay, he should stick to game design Each then, game. because he's better at games than he is at movies. Each game has a message on the back, signed Alan Wolf, filmmaker. The games include Slap Wacky, Pet Detectives, Jabberjot, and, remember from the movie, You're Pulling My Leg. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah they actually put it in the movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They have a birthday scene, and they totally highlight this game and i remember thinking to myself oh there's gonna be a payoff here somewhere and there never was and it didn't occur to me that it was like pure product placement yeah. in their own movie yeah <laughs> i just found out morningstargames.com huh. dreamscape <laughs> dreamscape's a 1984 science fiction horror film that again i can't say it's a good movie but i kind of want more movies like this to be made why is that it's basically a, a superhero or well a simplified superhero uh or superpower movie mm -hmm. because the main character in it, played by uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid. Oh. is a psychic. And okay. he can read minds and kind of predict the future. And he's got these general psychic abilities. Okay. But he's a ne'er-do-well. He's just like a bum who likes to yeah. get with the ladies and gamble at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. He makes his money by just winning on the horses every once in a while. Comes with a huge winning. And... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. He's hair. kind of like if I was a psychic, you know, occasionally win some money and yeah. then just live your life and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, but then he gets brought into this government project where they want to teach psychics how to enter the dream world, to manipulate the dreams of the dreamer. Uh, and it goes from there, and there's some dirty skullduggery, and there's another psychic who doesn't necessarily see seem to be a nice guy. And I think I, I heard of a movie issues. like that recently or something. Entering dreams? Yeah, there's where another one. Where a van goes off a bridge yeah. for right. hours. Uh -huh. Inception, of course. Uh, this and Inception do have a little bit uh, similar, but right. there's less technology involved in this because he's just got this power mm -hmm. to do it, and then he learns how to enter the dream world. What's interesting to me is that the movie poster for this <laughs> looks exactly like an Indiana Jones movie yeah, poster. it totally does. And the female lead is Kate Capshaw, who we'll remember from Temple of Doom. Yeah. Right. Man, he's even got the Indiana Jones hair. It is. Yeah. And he's wearing the... Is he wearing the hat? He's wearing the hat. No, that's his hair. That, <laughs> that is his hair. That is his hair. made to hair. look like a hat. Yeah, it's kind of helmet-ish. I like that one with the big cobra staircase. Well, there is a... That is indeed his hair. Is there his is hair. a cobra man in one of the dreams. <laughs> yeah. Not only do they enter the dream world, but they learn to manipulate it and can cause oh, things look, to happen. Oh, there's even an annoying kid in high tops. Oh, this is an 80s movie. Yeah. This is one of those films or TV shows or uh, pop culture items where, it, where if you die in your dream... You yeah, die, you you die, die in real life. life. Yeah. Has anyone okay. ever died in their dream? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, used to die in plane crashes in my dreams when yeah. I was in the Air Force. I was, oh, eaten, wow. I was eaten by a dinosaur once. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't times. think I've ever died in a dream. Oh, you missed out. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> no, you haven't. You have I've always been the guy out. who wakes up before he hits the ground, that kind of thing. I used yeah. to be that guy, and then one day I just went <laughs> sailing right into the building. <laughs> did, you, did you dream death at all, or did it just blank out? Well, it just sort of went, yeah, it just sort of blanked out, and then I woke up. Right. Oh. And it's like, wow, did that suck. Yeah, sometimes you would die in your dream and the dream would go on without you. And other, <laughs> other things would happen and you wouldn't be there. Wow. <laughs> You'd become this that. faceless third-party observer. Yeah, exactly. But I guess it seems we brought it up. We have to talk about Inception because the whole yeah. point of the movie is dreams getting inside dreams people's heads dreams. during their dreams, right? Totally. It's excellent. It is so well done yep. on every level. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that Christopher Nolan did in that movie that really gave it an air of authenticity was that he did all the effects practically. Like when mm -hmm. when when they're in the hotel set and they they go weightless because the van right. is going off the bridge 
And all that was done practically. They built a set that rotated. They put all the actors on mm-hmm. wires. It wasn't done in CGI. It wasn't in front of a green screen. They did right. it on a on a moving, motivated set. What does practically that, mean? Sorry. Oh, uh, that, that means where you build something instead of like uh, in in. It's not know. computer generated. Yeah. It's okay. Like, so it's in camera effects. It, no, not in camera effects. Like in camera effects is like when you use matte paintings and stuff like that. This is they build a set that's on a gimbal that will spin instead of just putting an actor on a wire and then spinning and spin, the actor and building. You know how in or flash, spinning the camera. Okay, you know okay, how okay, the okay. Flash Gordon serials, they would have a little toy rocket and they would shoot. Fire out the back and then move it along a string. That's practical. That's a practical effect as opposed to a CGI effect, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, oh, but here's the big question, though. Okay, spoiler alert for anybody out there who hasn't seen it, and I doubt that's even ha- that's going to happen. But at the very end of Inception, does the top stop spinning? Is he in a dream or is he in the real world again? Oh, I'm trying to remember that well, whole thing. The whole thing is like you create that thing so you know whether you're in a dream or not. Right. You have that little like token. So he spins his and if it stops spinning then he's in the real world and if it continues to spin he's in the dream world. Oh, okay. And he spins it and then goes out in the backyard to see his kids. Right. So the quest and he, and it cuts and it, out before and it starts to get a slight wobble. Yeah. And, and you're like it, it could out. fall over. Yes. I think that's the, the if it gets a slight wobble then it's going to fall over. But well, it's not it's not enough of a wobble to go, that's definitely falling. No, it, could it just go kind of wobble does like a little, and then like, continue uh, back. It did like a little waver. It's perfectly done. So the question is, is he still in the dream world or not? I want to answer last. I know what my answer is. I personally think he's still in the dream world. Earlier on, you don't see his kids' faces when he like goes to that world to see them because he can't remember what they look like, right? And at the very end, you don't see their faces either. Mm. And so that he could be the kids just didn't turn to look towards him. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the clue that gives it away that he's still in the dream world. My answer is we'll never know. Well, I think there's two things that are fascinating about that. One, he walks away from it while it's spinning. He doesn't want to know the answer. He doesn't want to know. Yeah, absolutely. And second, what's the main rule of tokens? Only you ever handle your token. Right. He stole his token from his wife's house. That that was her token. That was Mm -hmm. hers. Yeah. Yeah, that's not his token. I think the message is that, that that he might think he can know, but he doesn't, and he doesn't care. So I think the answer is it doesn't matter. Well, of course it doesn't matter, because if it mattered, they would show you whether it falls or not. Right. But it doesn't matter. Why does he walk away when it's spinning? Well, yeah. I I mean, there's so many layers to that ending (laughs) that movie. It's like literally one of the best endings ever constructed. It's great, yeah. yeah. This kind of brings us to the question about lucid dreaming, though. Man, I've had one of those. I've had plenty of lucid dreams. I have friends who can lucid dream. I've done it before, but it's tricky. I don't even know. And you can, I I read online, I didn't write it in my notes, and I don't have any information here, but there are places, sites you can go that tell you how to tell you how to create lucid dreams. Yeah, I don't don't even know how many lucid dreams I've had. It could be in the dozens. Where you you can actually control the dream. Yeah, where I'm I'm aware that it's a dream. I've had quite a few. Yeah, where I'm in a dream and I go, oh, I'm dreaming. And I can then, do anything and I then want. I'm, I can do anything I want. Yeah, I'm going to fly. Yeah, absolutely. But then sometimes you'll be flying, and then you suddenly lose control of the dream, and other things happen. Yes. Yeah. What happens with me is I'm at that point where I realize, oh, oh, wow, this is so cool. I'm dreaming, and then I get so excited I wake up. Oh, so yeah. forget <laughs> it. You know, yeah. Goodbye, lucid dream. You're That's like, the closest I get. You're, yeah. you're like one of those puppies that gets so excited when his owner comes home that he pees involuntarily. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Piss yeah, all of, of, I piss all over my dream. <laughs> a lot of my lucid dreams are like totally superhero dreams or like people are trying to kill me and then I realize I'm dreaming. I'm like, well, just fucking stab me in the chest. I don't care. Yeah, no, I, I, then... I, I had the classic like high school embarrassment one. Oh, okay. I, that was like a recurring one <laughs> where like everything, you'd go to high school and everything would go wrong. One time I was, I was in the middle of one of these things where everything was going wrong and I was mortified and I went, wait a minute. 
this is a dream. I'm not actually at high school. I'm yeah. in a dream. And then everything went totally right from that point forward. <laughs> and it was like, I rock at high school now. Yeah. Wait, so your, your lucid dream is being great at high school? No, well, that was he one was in specific example where it, it started My out, God, man, you absolutely squander this precious gift you've been handed <laughs> by the universe. I'm going to go back to high school and be awesome in my lucid dream. I'd I go was, to other fucking dimensions. No, <laughs> I no, you're already there. I'd go to the center of the sun. I, I'd kill God. I, I made out with this girl who wouldn't have made out with me in high school. It was awesome. <laughs> now we can see the different levels. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of the times that I re- knew that it was a dream was when you were trying to interact with technology or read, writing, right. Right. trying to like do that. anything yeah. using that side of your yeah. your brain. Yeah, yeah because you technical. might you might I would try to program the VCR or something or tape it <laughs> off of TV, and then these these buttons are supposed to work. Or I would look away from the TV and go back to it, and it'd be something completely different. Right. That's one of the tricks to figure out whether or not you're dreaming. Yeah. Try to do something with numbers and letters. Have any of you read text in a dream? It's quite rare. No, yes. I, I have. So. Yeah. And that was the only gateway into the only lucid dream I've ever had. There you go. Yeah. The clue was I was looking at, it was a newspaper and it, it was upside down. And suddenly I realized, hey, this newspaper's upside down. And I flipped it over and I was able to read the headlines. Oh, there you and go. And then I'm like, hey, this isn't my house. <laughs> I'm oh my dream. God, I'm in a dream. <laughs> oh, 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 I didn't wake up. But then 30 seconds later, I did. You know? Yeah. You, I couldn't hang, I couldn't hang on to the wave. <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't really talk about sleep disorders and dreaming without talking about Neil Gaiman's comic, uh, The Sandman. Oh. You like this more than I do. Okay. I have a couple of the Sandman collections, and I never fell in love with it. Okay. I think that's because you're a horrible person, but <laughs> I won't hold it against you. I like you. the writing, but I was kind of a comic art snob back in those it's, days, and I still am. I wasn't an art snob, but I was more of a... I, I think my enjoyment of comics just before I started reading The Sandman was totally visual. Like, I loved the cool comics. I loved Todd McFarlane's run on uh, Wolverine and X-Men and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. the awesome art. And then I got introduced to The Sandman by my friend Jim, right? and I just went, oh you can have not great art because I thought those first ones were <laughs> yeah. not that great. No, they're not good. You can art. have not great art, but an amazing story. Holy cow, this is good. So in the Sandman, uh, the main character, he's never called the Sandman, Morpheus, mm-hmm. the king of dreams. He's the anthropomorphic personification of dreaming, part of the fabric of the universe in this world. In it, at the very beginning, he gets captured ac- almost accidentally by some magicians. Yeah. That's in uh, 1915 to 1926-ish or so, which is exactly when the sleepy sickness outbreak happened worldwide. Oh. Right. So Neil Gaiman put that into the storyline oh, story and explained that the reason the sleepy sickness happened in 1916 was because that's when Morpheus got captured. Right. Th- this is the comic series. Uh, I don't even want to call it comics. This is the graphic novel series that has changed the way Why so do you much hate of comics. comics I don't hate comics, but it it just it doesn't feel like a good enough word. You know, comic feels like you know guys guys in superhero tights and capes beating each other up, which I love. Oh, you're one of those graphic novel guys. No, I like comics, but I feel that the Sandman <laughs> is is like it's above that. It's, it's transcendent. It is transcendent. Speaking of Sandman, there's also the real Ghostbusters episode, Mister Sandman, Dream Me a Dream. Oh yeah, oh, really? in which there is a renegade Sandman. There are a bunch of Sandman who help people go to sleep. Unlike Santa, you can't, they can't do all the work all yeah there's a legion of sandman and this one sandman starts uh making people fall asleep forever because when people are awake they have wars 
Oh, okay. and injustice so, and all this other kind of stuff. Peace. Yeah, He's he just puts everyone to, to sleep. <laughs> And the Ghostbusters, and when you fall asleep, your dreams manifest in reality. So the Ghostbusters have to fight all these dreams, and then the Sandman starts putting them to sleep. Right. And uh, it's one of my favorite episodes in the first season. Oh. The animation is great. The story is great. It's like one of the seminal real it Ghostbusters sounds, it episodes. It sounds really good, actually. Yeah. There's also the Next Generation episode, Night Terrors. Do you remember that right. one? Oh. Remind, remind. The crew comes across a Starfleet ship in which the crew has killed each other. Right. Except for a Betazoid who is in a catatonic state. The crew begins to exhibit the symptoms of sleep deprivation. Okay. Uh, Data determines that they become trapped in a spatial phenomenon known as a Tychon's Rift, and they can only escape through the force of a tremendous explosion. Meanwhile, people are hallucinating and becoming paranoid and all these other... I haven't seen that one. Oh, well, oh, it's not sounds... very good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, the, only other, the only people not affected are, of course, Data. Yeah. Uh, Troy is affected, but instead of not going into REM sleep and not dreaming and starting mm-hmm. to go crazy like everyone she else. She dreams all the time? She dreams the same dream over and over uh, again. It's kind of like a nightmare, and we uh-huh. see this over and over again. She's in this kind of weird green fog, and she's, like, floating oh. around, and it looks really fake, and she's like, <laughs> Where are you? I have to find you! And I sense something! <laughs> and the so, clues of how to solve the situation are in her, her dream. And even a devout Trekkie like yourself won't give this episode a thumbs up. Green? Oh, there are lots of bad Star Trek episodes. Don't green? get me wrong. There are episodes of the animated series better than that. There sure are. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being mentally controlled by a parasitic barnacle. To comment on episodes, make a donation, or see show notes, links, and videos, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Subscribe to our Twitter feed at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsotopodcast.com.